Thank you very much, Karen. Beautiful sound to us, one that we should be seeking to share with those around us, you know, that the Lord brings into our life. This is, has nothing to do directly with the message. I just find it interesting what people hear and questions they ask. I was asked today by someone what I meant by a couple words I used when I prayed this morning. And it was by a younger person, you know, and I thought, well, they must have been listening <laughs> to what I was praying about. You know, and it was, a, it was a good question, just wanted some clarification, you know, and just thankful that God works sometimes. I wonder how, but uh, he does. As we think about in Christ, as we think about you can't live the Christian life, last week we began to discuss foundation to living in freedom as believers in Christ. And I pose a question to stimulate our thinking in light of the fact that God has a design, he has structure, he has a pattern for how we live. What is God's design for civil government? What is God's design for civil government? What is God's pattern for civil government? What is God's structure for a civil government? I didn't ask what we have. I asked what is God's design or pattern? Looking for a response. Be just and take care of us. No, I wasn't. That was the first part. Oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> There's another part of that sentence, but it's in that. Okay. Just. Any other response? Pay taxes. Okay, we're to pay taxes, they're to tax us. That's been true down through the pages of history. Any other response? They'd be obedient. They set up rules we're to follow. Freedom without obedience is chaos. Okay. Pardon? Okay, there are to be judges. Another response. And they're to look after us, but God sets them up and takes them out. Okay, another question about civil government. <clears throat> Is civil government to define family? Is civil government to define family? No. I asked some of those questions. We are currently going to have a Supreme Court decision that basically is going to define family. Nine men are going to make a decision. Nine, nine justices, I'm sorry, not nine men. Nine justices are going to make a decision concerning family. And that's fine. But have you stopped to consider that they are stepping outside of God's design. Our government is stepping outside of God's design. 
The government was never designed to define family. That's God's area of influence. It's also the church's area of influence to a degree, but not the government's. So because that design has been followed, that is, or not being followed, that is bringing to us some major issues in our country that we already have, and depends on the decision of the Supreme Court, we may have some more. And it's interesting also that according to our Constitution, that is a decision that the Supreme Court is not to be making according to our own constitution. Again, the whole issue of structured design and pattern, what God designed in any area of life, brings freedom, but when that design is parted from, it brings anarchy, it brings struggle, it brings difficulty. So we're on page two, number four, the notes if you're following along. Design, structure, and pattern are part of and the expression of God's image. And that came through somewhat this morning, but also last Sunday night. Genesis 1 and 2 make it very clear that creation, all of creation involved design, structure, and pattern. To move from design, structure, and pattern is to move away from God and freedom. We won't look at all the scriptures, but in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve, when the male and female chose to step outside of God's design, some real issues resorted, as we touched on this morning. In Genesis 6, when the flood came, we have evil in the world, we have righteous Noah, we have a rainbow. But why did we even have the flood? Because humans stepped outside of God's design, God's pattern, God's structure. But let's turn to Genesis 19. In Genesis 19, we find the account of Lot and his daughters. We know that Lot, chose the well-watered plains when Abram gave him a choice. And Abram took the mountains. Lot ended up in Sodom. And we know that Lot and his wife and two daughters fled Sodom. Gomorrah and other cities were going to be destroyed. Lot's wife looked back. She became a pillar of salt. And Lot and his two daughters went to a neighboring town but ended up in the mountains. Look at verse 30 of Genesis 19. Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to lie with us, as is the custom over all the or custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then lie with him and preserve our family line through our father. That night, they got their father to drink wine. And the older daughter went in and lay with him. He was not aware of when she lay down or when she got up. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I lay with my father. Let him get drunk to want... Let him... Let's get him to drink wine again tonight. 
and you go in and lie with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also. And the younger daughter went in and lay with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Amon. And he's the father of the Ammonites of today. Now, the text, I think, makes it very clear in light of Genesis 1 and 2 that Lot's daughters stepped outside of God's design. And apparently Lot was doing some things too, you know, and not helping his daughters find husbands. (laughs) Nevertheless, stepped outside of God's design, and what happened? We find that the nation Moab came in, and the Ammonites And that created some tension with Israel. But we also know that Ruth was a Moabite. In spite of disobedience, God still worked, but yet it was contrary to God's design. And that created a lot of difficulty in that time. Why? They didn't follow God's design. In Romans 1, we find that humans, we won't turn to Romans 1, But we find that in verse 21, God has revealed himself in creation and he wanted people to give thanks. And what did they do? People didn't give thanks to God. And they end up going into all kinds of evil, end up worshiping and serving the created thing rather than the creator. Ruth Ann made a comment to me today as she saw a headline in the Times Leader in one of the sections about people talking to animals. And she said, there's an awful lot of that recently, you know, talking to animals. And I realize we talked to our dog and so on, but this is going beyond, you know, what we might do in responding to a dog or cat or whatever. But have you considered that that is because of Romans 1, 18 through 20? We step outside of God's design. He's not glorified as creator. And then we end up worshiping and serving the created thing rather than the creator. So animals become very dominant. As an example, we have all kinds of social issues in our country. Marriage issues. And so on. Because, again, of stepping outside of God's design. Satan, our sinful nature, and the world system seeks to lure us away from God, Christ, the Holy Spirit's design, structure, and pattern, thus movement into slavery rather than freedom. Slavery in the sense that one is no longer living in God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit's design, structure, or pattern. One of the problems we have in America, and it's not limited to America, it's been true down through the pages of history, men and women are not free because men don't step up and lead and women don't play a role of being supportive, complementing within marriage and within the body of Christ. 
And what does that bring? Slavery to men and slavery, slavery to women. See, a woman is free when she follows God's design. A man is free when he follows God's design. Again, God designed certain things. So the Supreme Court is going to make a decision on the definition of a family. I say this graciously, but they're in slavery because they're stepping outside of God's design. God did not design the government to define family. That's his role. He's already done that. And the church is seek to live in light of that. Many cultures have not followed that, and they have moved into slavery as a result. And not slavery as we may say someone is another person's slave, but slavery in the sense that they're outside of God's design. Questions or comments before we go on? This is really number five. It says number two up there, but it's really number five in your notes. Humans were designed by God, by Christ, by the Holy Spirit to live in relationship with God, in relationship with other humans, to reproduce and rule over the earth. Again, that's made very, very clear in Genesis 1 and 2. Humans are dependent. That is God's design, God's structure, God's pattern. God designed us to be dependent on other people. Someone made a statement about Ruth Ann and I years ago. The individual said that Ruth Ann, Ruth Ann and I are codependent. We talked about that, and I said, yes, we are. That's a good thing. I depend on her, she depends upon me. Isn't that God's design? Within marriage. So yesterday we went down, my siblings and I, and our mates along with Diane, and we did house cleaning for mom and did some things outside for her. And I noticed she just kind of sat around and watched and stayed out of the way. That's what she was supposed to do. She was being dependent. At her age, with her physical abilities, she is to be dependent upon her children to honor her, to respect her, and to care for her. She's free as she depends. But quite a few times, she gets frustrated when she's trying to step outside of letting us honor her, respect her. And then she gets into some trouble. That's God's design, dependency. Children dependent upon parents. We need relationships. Number three on the PowerPoint, number six in your notes. Structure, roles, responsibilities, guidelines are for our good, for our profit, to enable us to live in freedom. We need it. We need structure, responsibility, roles. Did you ever consider that before the fall, there were roles and responsibilities? Within the Godhead, between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, there are roles and responsibilities. Before the creation of the world, Christ, God knew Christ was going to die. Christ was going to take an obedient role. The Spirit has a role of convicting sinners. Even within the Godhead, there's roles and responsibilities. That's, again, 
God's design. Adam and Eve in their relationship, they were to picture, live out the Trinity in many respects. There was to be rule over by Adam, by Eve. That was God's design. They were to rule over the earth. When they stepped outside of that, they moved into slavery. When were Adam and Eve more free? Before the fall or after the fall? Before the fall. After the fall, both of them moved into slavery in the sense that life became a chore. And it's interesting that the curse for Adam tied in with his role or responsibility. Adam was specifically told to take care of the garden. He stepped outside of God's design, and what happened? Cursed to the ground, through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. Eve's role was to complement Adam. She stepped outside of that, and what happened? Pains greatly increased in childbirth, and your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. See, what was to be a joy for Adam in caring for the garden now became, in essence, slavery. What was to be a joy for Eve, complimenting her husband, following her husband, now became difficulty because it says, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Move from freedom to slavery because they stepped outside of God's design. Structure and freedom. And roles are for our good. We touched on this, but consider again the impact of the fall. Then number, I think it's seven in your notes. There we go. Number seven in your notes. The Gospels are full of design, structure, and pattern. Read through the gospel sometime with a mindset of structure, design, pattern. What's Jesus doing? Over and over again, he's depending on his Father. What's he doing? Following structure and pattern that God has set up. The epistles are full of structure, design, and pattern. Christ had authority over demons. That's structure, design, pattern. Christ sent out the 12. There's some structure, there's some pattern involved there. So individuals who choose, or individuals choose whether they live in freedom of God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit, or they move into slavery. Free will is part of God's design. So 
see, some 40 plus years ago, I stepped outside of God's design and pattern and structure. I know I've told the story before, but I was going into Mifflinburg the night Ruth Ann graduated. The little sign said 55. I was doing 55. You get into town, the sign says 25. I don't know what I was doing. The police said 55. I still don't agree with them, but that's beside the point. I stepped outside of the design for government. The government can tell me how fast to drive. I was going over the speed limit, and that created some real hassles for me. Why? I moved into slavery because I stepped outside of the God's design for government to tell me how fast to drive. That's part of their responsibility. I disobeyed. What happened? Slavery. Lost my license, paid a fine. Got seven points in my record. All in one offense. Slavery, because I stepped outside of freedom. The enemy. Satan has been working since creation in Genesis 1 and 2 to lure humans away from God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit's design, structure pattern thus into slavery. His method always remains the same. He lures us into doubting God's goodness. Now the serpent was more crafty than any wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? That's a question which raises doubt. Any of you kids or teenagers, you have probably heard from other kids or teenagers, do you have to obey dad and mom? That's sowing doubt. That has been his pattern and continues to be his pattern. In Genesis 3, you ever consider that the serpent defied God's roles? God came to the man, the serpent came to the woman. Number one, he's doubting what God designed, and then he casts doubt with his question, did God really say? That has happened over and over again. Do you ever drive down the road and you think, everyone else is doing over the speed limit, why shouldn't I? Do you ever consider that that may be the enemy at work in your mind? To get you to doubt the role of government. Or this thought go through your mind. Why should I pay my taxes? They just blow the money anyways and use it in stupid stuff. Never consider that maybe the enemy is trying to get us to doubt the role of God's design. In Genesis chapter 16, you want to turn there for a few moments. We find that God had made a promise to Abram that he was going to give him descendants, and those descendants were to come through through his wife, Sarah, or Sarai. Depends on which point in time you're talking. And in chapter 15, God had made a promise that he would give descendants. And in chapter 16 of Genesis, now Sarai, Abram's wife, 
had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai's wife took her Egyptian maidservant Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. And we know that Ishmael was born as a result of that. Abraham is stepping outside of God's design in listening to Sarai. He's taking another woman that is outside of God's design. And we know that from that union came Ishmael. And we know that today, much of the Mideast unrest is because of that action of stepping outside of God's design. Moving from freedom into slavery. Just trace the history of the Mideast conflict today. goes back to, a lot of it goes back to Hagar, Ishmael, Abraham making a choice. He steps outside of freedom. What's it bring? Slavery. We know that Ishmael made fun of Isaac when he was born. And God said, okay, since Hagar and her son away. She did that. Or he did that. Just created tension and conflict. In Exodus 32, we find the account of the golden calf. God had just got done giving the Ten Commandments. What do they do? Don't set up an idol and they set up a golden calf. That took Israel into slavery, a slavery that they never got over. Israel, even in the New Testament when Christ came, still was not over that moving into slavery. Away from God's design. God's design for what? In worship. God wanted himself to be worshipped. They set up a golden calf. Aaron did that. And that created many, many issues and problems. You find in Numbers 13 and 14, when Israel refused to enter the promised land, that resulted in 38 years in the desert. And those 20 years older, 20 years old and older, died. Why? They stepped outside of God's design. God's design was for them to go into the promised land and take it right away. But they didn't obey. Brought great consequences. In Matthew chapter 4, we find the temptation of Jesus. What happens? There's a case where Jesus stayed within the design. He was to be submissive to his father. He was to be submissive to his father's time. And that resulted in freedom. I got a question. I asked you earlier about civil government. What is God's design 
for our valley and our community to be reached with the gospel of Christ. What is God's design for our community and our valley to be reached with the gospel of Christ? I didn't say converted and brought to Christ. I'm talking about the message being shared. What is his design? And Christians to step up and share the gospel. You want to clarify that at all, Jeff? Fire from heaven too would help. Fire from heaven would help too. But that doesn't seem to be in God's design, does it? <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> Where we're headed, maybe. Um, Christians need to share and live a lifestyle <clears throat> exemplary of Christian faith. Okay, live it out. Verbalize it. Any other comments? We pose another. Travis. Okay, sheep reproducing sheep. Okay? That's the average believer. You know, reproducing sheep. We're not talking numbers or anything else, but pointing lost sheep to the shepherd. Any other comment? Pray for our leaders. By the way, have you ever stopped to consider that maybe you should encourage some of your children or grandchildren to become judges in our county? We may say, you know, we have some corrupt or have had some corruption in our county. What if there were 15 believers in positions of judgeships in our county? You know, just believers day by day living godly where we are makes a big, big difference. We say everyone don't come to Christ. That's not our role, but faithfully seeking to share. One other question, then we'll wrap it up. What is God's pattern for, I'll, I'll use the term godly offspring. What is God's pattern for godly offspring? 
Maybe I ought to say, what is God's primary pattern for godly offspring? Pardon? Husband and wife. Raise and nurture and admonition of the Lord. And what if we have a broken family? Where we have a mom and kids or dad and kids? What do you do there? You ever consider that God's design might be for that dad and kids or mom and kids to be invited into a family at times to visit, to socialize, and maybe the gospel share with them, and they, assuming they're unbelievers, maybe learn how to live and to respond. So you have a child from a broken home and pretty tough background, maybe in drugs and alcohol. What if they were invited to live with a family for three or four years? Just, but family is very, very important. And as Alan prayed earlier, the enemy will attack core areas. It seems like he's done very well with the family, beginning with Adam and Eve. (laughs) And then Adam and Eve's kids. See, Cain killed Abel, you know. And that wasn't very far from creation. Adam and Eve... Perfect harmony with God, with one another. Sin, then their children come along, and Cain kills Abel. And look at some of the other descendants of Adam and Eve. Didn't pan out too good. You say, well, blame parents. Individuals make choices too. We have to accept that. But the enemy will work in any way, shape, or form that he can to bring us away from God's design, God's pattern, God's structure in any area of life. And again, much of what is happening in our country goes back to stepping out of God's design for government in our country. And the church stepping outside of its design and the family sometimes stepping outside of its design. Any other comments? Okay, we'll pray together. Remember, Sharon will go downstairs. If some of you guys are willing to set up tables, she'll give you instructions. And if the big table could be moved into the nursery, that would be appreciated also. Father, we thank you for your grace, your goodness. And we know that freedom comes as we live in light of your design, structure, and so on in our daily lives. We desire to be moving in that direction, Father. But we know many times that is not a reality. May we know how to depend on your grace as we live in a fallen world, as we deal with a government that may not be living in light of your design, as we deal with families that struggle because a parent or children may not choose to live according to your design, as we live with other brokenness in our world. May we be grace givers for your glory, for it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.